thank you. No pressure then. But what an awesome morning. And we use the word awesome a lot, don't we? And my title this morning is I Stand in Awe of Him. I Stand in Awe. I don't know about you, but as we've worshipped today, that sense of who God is and that sense of who we are to Him and what He's done for us, just when you get a glimpse of that, you get an understanding of that, it changes everything. And, you know, how that affects our lives and how that affects our families. And, you know, we get thrilled to bits. And Kirsten, why don't you come? Kirsten was sharing a little story with Anne-Marie a couple of weeks ago um, that was a real blessing. And this is something of the awesomeness of God at work in our families. So, come on, Kirsten. Got a low battery, is it? I work. That'd be fine. Um, I just want to start with the scripture and it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I thought that just strikes such powerful words. And Peter said, how many times shall I forgive them? Seven. And Jesus says, no, seven times, 77. And you think, well, that's a lot. I don't know if I can keep doing that. And I just want to share a couple of stories about my girls that have really challenged me. Esther's been on this NCS program, government thing. She's been away for a couple of weeks So she went on her first week, really excited. Things went a bit peaked on with this particular girl. She wasn't very nice with her. She got really upset about stuff. Um, And she just sort of cracked on with it. And she did the week and she came back and and she didn't know if she was going to go back the second week. And um, she got changed groups. She got moved from some of her friends. She got quite isolated, but she didn't take on this victim thing. She said, no, I'm going back. So she went back again, something again happened, and again she ended up in floods of tears, and I drove down to Hull to try and sort it out. Do you want to come home? No. So she stayed there, and her attitude was so good, just of one, that she just carried on, irrespective of what had happened. She was determined to just do it, despite what this girl was doing. And um, one of her friends, who's a really good friend, kind of just left her and went with this other girl. And again, her attitude, she was just like, well, it's okay. Um, she's going through some stuff and such and such, such, such. I just walked in like real forgiveness to this girl and stuck out at what she planned to do. And I thought, that's amazing. And then Faith, um, there's a girl at school who's quite a popular girl and Faith really likes her, but she plays her a bit this girl plays Faith, and um, so uh, Faith did a prank call, just messing about, pretending something, and off the back of this, this girl had said to a lot of girls, I hate her, I really hate Faith, and so a friend said to Faith, "Um, Jessica really hates you, and Faith said, well, okay, that's fine, because I don't hate her, and I'm just going to still love her, and I'm going to be kind to her. And I was like, oh, my dears. I said, that is such a gorgeous attitude, Faith. You such, like, a gorgeous attitude there. So that blew me away. And then we'd bought her a ring for Christmas, which she absolutely loved. This friend came round to play. Um, and then the ring disappeared. And so, so every so often she kept saying, Mum, Mum, I'm really sad about my ring. I was thinking of going and buying a new one. I said, we'll pray. I was away... Um, <clears throat> A couple of days ago and she rang me and she went mum I've seen Jessica on TikTok and I think she's got my ring and I was like okay so I made the awkward phone call to her mum and yes she did have a ring she'd stole it but not only did she steal it she said to her two days later have you found your ring yet Faith and Faith was like no no I'm really upset so this girl came and handed the ring back and uh, Faith was sad and upset and we prayed for her and everything 
And then a bit later, I said to her, are you worried about going back to school? Do you still want to be friends with Jessica? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, she was really, really mean to your faith. And she said, well, we all get things wrong, don't we, Mum? I was just like, this is such a lesson of walking in forgiveness and not holding offence and not being a victim, but just like heading through and doing. And the girls just blew my mind, really. And, and off the back of that, like last week and today, I just thought we'd walk in unforgiveness so much. And I think it hinders our walk. And I think it stops us from moving into blessings that God's got. And I just want, and you think, well, you don't know what they did to me. Well, I don't know what they did to you, but Jesus did. And look what they did to him and look how he forgave. And I just think whatever it is, you can't do it in your own strength. You do it in his. But can I just encourage you to go out for prayer, receive forgiveness. And again, like Kelly says, be like children, like, like my girls. Just go, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to move forward. So, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Who knows what God is doing amongst our kids? Yeah? The awesomeness of God affecting our kids. Thank God for our kids' workers, our youth workers who are doing stuff week in, week out, praying for encouraging. Keep praying for and encouraging our kids' workers uh, in the journey going forward. You know, and I asked uh, Kirsten to share that because I think it is so important that we get a sense of the awesomeness of God and how he can work, not only in our lives, but in our families. And a couple of weeks ago, if you were here, we had an encounter evening, and uh, if you were around at the end, I said, I almost shared something on the evening, and I said, no, I'm going to hold it, I'm going to share it today. And so it's had another two weeks to brew, so it's a bit longer than it probably would have been two weeks ago. But uh, our guys, when they were leading us in worship at that encounter, I mean, they did two songs. One was more of a refrain. It's the refrain, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. Very old song, very powerful song. And then off the back of that, they sang a song, I stand in awe. Fairly new song. And um, powerful, powerful moment, uh, if you were here on that evening. And as I was thinking about that and reflecting on that evening, that was on the Sunday and on the previous Wednesday, the 24th of July, a significant thing had happened in our nation. Boris Johnson had an audience with Her Majesty the Queen. And a palace communique came out and it said, the Queen received an audience, received in audience the Right Honourable Boris Johnson MP this afternoon and requested him to form a new administration. Mr. Johnson accepted Her Majesty's offer and kissed hands upon his appointment as Prime Minister and First Lord of the Treasury. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about what must it be like to go in for that appointment. Wow, the awe of that responsibility, of that moment. And my mind immediately flicked to three words that I often think about when I think about the word awe. And the first one I want to think about is the word reverence. And Boris, when he went in, he bowed to the majesty, the queen. The communique said it kissed, he kissed hands. There's no photograph of that one. Whether he did or whether it's a, a historic, technical sort of thought, who knows. But I was thinking about that, and when we come face-to-face -face with Jesus, the king 
of kings. What a moment. When Jesus, at his incarnation, came into this world, and those three, we surmise it's three, but those wise men from the east came, first thing they did was they bowed down and they worshipped him. That's right at the beginning of Matthew's Gospel, at the beginning of the New Testament. You go to the end of the New Testament, and you get to Revelation, and you see John is reporting on the vision that he has of heaven. And it says, God, sorry, when I saw him, this is John speaking, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Coming into his presence. And John just goes down on his knees. Do you ever in worship just go, wow. That moment of encounter with the living God. Why would we do that? Why would we reverence ourselves before God? Well, Paul says in Philippians 2, he says, this is the reason. God has exalted him, that's Jesus, to the highest place. He gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we come into his presence, when we really come into his presence, you cannot do anything but bow. That sense of awe of that moment, reverence. And then I think there's a, a sense, one of the other words that I think of when I think of fear, of, of awe is the word fear in the right sense of the word. The fear a mixed feeling of reverence and fear. That recognition of authority that you are coming before. When Boris Johnson went in before the Queen, the authority that she holds is quite powerful. On the coat of arms, the, there's um, a bit there that you can hardly see because it goes round in the blue bit there and it, the full of it is Honiswar Qui malipense, which translated means shame on him who thinks evil. And then underneath at the bottom there, Dieu mon droit, God and my right. That sense of, in the history of our nation, the belief that God has put in that place of authority, of sovereignty, our monarch. And Boris Johnson comes in and Although the monarch today takes little direct part in government activities, the decisions that are made are sovereign acts. Sovereign powers that are delegated by the monarch to uh, ministers of the crown, etc. Either by statute or by convention. The acts of state are done in the name of the crown and appointments are done in the name of the crown. Did you know that Her Majesty the Queen, in her sovereignty, is the employer of all government officials and staff? Including viceroys, judges, members of the armed forces, police officers, parliamentarians, guardians of foster children, crown wards, as well as she's the owner 
of state lands, buildings and equipment, crown-held property. State-owned companies, crown corporations, and the copyright for all government publications. It's the crown. The sovereign. And Boris Johnson went in to receive that mandate from the crown. When we come in to Jesus, the king, he's the king of kings. The highest authority. Christ's authority is displayed in so many ways through scripture. He's authority in creation. John declares in John chapter 1, you know, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Verse 14, it says, And all things were made through him, and without him was nothing made that has been made. That's authority. The Apostle Paul says he's our sustainer. Colossians 1.17, Christ's authority, that all things are held together by him. His authority. Do you know that Christ has authority over the whole of nature? When he walked on this earth, he was in a boat one day and the storm raged and the waves came up. And he stood up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and they calmed in a moment. And we were just reminded of Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is our sovereign Lord. Did you know he has sovereignty over living creatures? Anybody ever had a tax bill from the HMRC? Well, Jesus got a tax bill, and so did Peter one day. And Jesus said, right, Peter, I want you to get a hook on a line and go and throw it in the lake and oik out a fish. Can you imagine doing this down Cleethorpes? And he pulled a fish in and there was enough money in the mouth of the fish to pay the taxes. Authority over creatures. Do you know Jesus Christ has got all authority over sickness? I think if I've got this right, there are 19 specific miraculous healings performed by Jesus and there are a whole lot more referenced to, referred to. So he heals people with leprosy, congenital blindness. He heals people with deafness and speech impediments and he even restored a guy's ear after it had been chopped off by Peter. Awesome. This is the awesome God in which we serve. You know, he's got authority over death. There are three cases in Jesus' ministry where people are raised from the dead. There's Jairus' daughter, there's Lazarus, and there's an unnamed guy, a son of a widow. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Did you know he's got authority over demons and demonic powers? So much so that one day when Jesus was on the earth, he encountered a guy who was possessed, seriously possessed with some evil spirits. And so much so the evil spirits even bowed down to Jesus. If you read it in uh, Mark 5. And they even pleaded with Jesus, would you send us into that herd of pigs over there? This is our Jesus the one who's the author and the finisher of our faith, of all authority.
You know, when we pray, let's get a glimpse of who we pray to. He's the awesome God, the most powerful God. When we come into his presence, let us come with reverence. Let us come with a right sense of fear, this awesome God. But the other word that often comes to mind when I think of the word awe is not only reverence, not only fear, but wonder. Wow. Reverence, fear, and wonder. When Boris Johnson went into the palace, I don't know, he may have been before, probably had as a foreign secretary and various other roles he's probably had. But you know, you go in the palace, and I've never personally been, but there's loads of photographs, I know a couple of people have been, and like, just the surroundings, it's like, wow, wow, wow. But then... Boris gets an audience with the Queen one-on-one. Wow. And everybody else is out of the room. And nobody knows what the monarch and the prime minister speak to. They have a weekly audience now. Wow. We sang a song a few moments ago. It was interesting. Our worship team didn't know what I was going to speak on. I did ask them to if they would play one particular song at the end. But other than that, they had no idea what I was going to speak on. When I listened to the songs and Liz, as she prayed this morning with Jesus and his banner on one side, and, you know, wow. But when Boris went in, he's there one-on-one with Her Majesty the Queen. We sang a song a few moments ago, The Splendour, of the king, clothed in majesty. When we get into the presence of Jesus, wow. Anybody ever been in presence of Jesus? And there's just that wow. Peter, James, and John had an encounter with Jesus, what we now refer to as the Mount of Transfiguration in Luke chapter 9. And of course, Peter, at, the mo- at that moment, as it was happening, he's, he, you know, he wants to say something and blurts it out, let's do this, let's build, a t- uh, let's build a sort of thing to commemorate this. But anyway, that all didn't happen. But years later, he's reflecting on that moment where Jesus is displayed to them in all his glory. And in 2 Peter 1, he says this, He says, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves have heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. How many of you want to see the glory of God? One or two of you going like this. Hey, if we want to see the glory of God, we've got to be with him. Just like Peter and John and James. Up that mountain where they got the vision, Luke 9, 28. It's interesting that these were the three that Jesus had invited to be with him on other occasions. They were the three who witnessed Jairus' daughter 
being raised from the dead. They were the three that drew apart with Jesus at Gethsemane. A little bit closer to Jesus than the others. Which group do you want to be in? If you and I had been orchestrating these events, whether it's the transfiguration of Jesus or the raising of Jairus' daughter or that moment in the garden, perhaps we would have said, well, this, this, needs, this needs a bit of publicity. Let's get the TV cameras in. Hmm. Anybody want to be really close to Jesus? To see the glory of Christ, not only do we need to be close to him, we need to exalt him. Honor him, revere him, worship him. Those three disciples rightly feared as they entered that cloud on that Mount of Transfiguration. We see something of what we term as the Shekinah glory, the, the... Manifest presence of God being shown on earth. And with great reverence and fear, we begin to see the glory of God. And when God proclaimed, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. You know, it was they who saw. Not only did they see Jesus, but they saw Elijah appear as well. And Moses. But in the end, they went and it was back down to Jesus. You know, we've got some great people that we look back to in our history, as our, in our own walks with Jesus, through the history of the church, through a couple of millennia, but also in scripture, we look to some great people. But actually, the bottom line, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. The reality is, that those three disciples who were up that mountain with Jesus on that day had to go down the mountain. Had to go back to reality. And you and I in our, our encounter moments, we still have to go back to reality. We still have to go back to work. We still have to go back to those school situations like Faith and Esther. But when those three disciples went back down off that mountain, they went with a different perspective. They went with a new hope. Perhaps the band would come back. I'll bring this close. Let me tell you a story. At the end of World War II, there was a man named Murdo MacDonald. And he was a prisoner of war camp. And he was with some American colleagues. And he was speaking to them. And and news came to him. I don't know how he got the news. But he got the news that Germany had surrendered. And the war was coming to a close. And news began to spread among the prisoners that war was ended. But the Germans hadn't yet heard. And for three days, the Germans didn't hear the news in that particular camp. During those three days, the Americans were still prisoners. They still suffered poor food and mistreatment and confinement and all the other hardships of being a prisoner of war. Nothing had changed except the news that this thing's changing. Suddenly there was hope. Victory was assured. They could endure the trials because the truth was 
that they were on the winning side. Listen, you and I have got to go back down the mountain. You and I have got to go into our worlds, live our lives for Jesus. But I tell you what, the transfiguration of Jesus gives us a preview and a glimpse of the fact that he is victorious, he is Lord, and he's coming in great power and glory. Jesus will reign. His truth has triumphed over evil. And if we can gain a vision of the glory of Christ, it will enable us to live the way of the cross. How many know we've got to take up our cross and follow him? We sang a song earlier, King of Kings, the Lamb conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe. I didn't know we were going to sing that. That's a new song for us this morning. The angels are going to stand in awe when we go to be with him. Stand to your feet. and pray. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Let's embrace the opportunities and the moments we have of encounter with him. So that we may experience something of the awe, the reverence, fear and wonder of being in his presence. And like Isaiah of old who said, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hands with which he had taken with tongues from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. When Boris Johnson had been in the presence of Her Majesty, he left with a commission and the authority to form a new administration. And we've been, when we've been in the presence of His Majesty, the King of Kings, we emerge with our own commission, a new sense of purpose, and the authority of heaven to see it fulfilled. Father, thank you for the privilege that we have of drawing aside like those disciples of old and being in the presence of your Son, King Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that our eyes would be open to the wonder and the splendor and the majesty of him. That God, in those encounter moments, that we would never leave the same. 
Lord, that we would be those who, like those our, our queen commissions, go out of her presence with that sense of purpose and with her authority. That, Lord, we may go out with that sense of calling, permission, and authority on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.